0: What's happening, hardscapers? This is episode 247 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And on today's episode, we have another Cycle CPA podcast takeover episode. And Cycle CPA has been an amazing supporter of the How to Hardscape podcast now for more than two years. So I just want to say thank you to Cycle CPA for being a supporter, a sponsor of the How to Hardscape podcast. And if anybody's looking for bookkeeping, accounting, CFO services reach out to Cycle CPA at cyclecpa.com let them know how to hardscape sent you for money off their services there i highly recommend them they've actually done some content for us in our members area for our software And that was the Knowing Your Numbers course. And there's two modules in there, the Profit and Loss Statement module and the Balance Sheet module. And they just go through each of those statements and walk you through what they mean for your business. So in addition to a couple of interviews that we've done on the podcast, a webinar that we've done in the past, and also their takeovers, a few takeovers now of the podcast, I cannot highly recommend them enough great people, Joseph and Carla over there, as well as their team. But not only that, also getting into that, they specialize in this industry, in the green industry in general, but this gives them an ability to be able to give us or their clients industry-specific benchmarks, industry-specific analysis through our numbers and recommendations. So they really have their finger on the pulse of this industry, which I think is extremely crucial when it comes looking for that bookkeeper accountant, especially if you're looking for that CFO uh, in your business, then you'd want somebody that actually knows our industry. And just getting into today's takeover episode, uh, Joseph talks about a few things that I took notes on here. Building inefficiencies that come with growth into the budget. So this specific episode has to do with growth and the risk that comes with growth. Uh, Building those inefficiencies that, that come with that growth into our budget helps us to remain profitable through those tough times of growth uh, and, and build those into our quotes that are actually going out to our clients. And I'm a big advocate of that as well. Divisional P&Ls, profit and loss statements, so that you know how each of the different divisions are doing in your business is really important. It also helps you identify those most profitable services and double down on those, especially in a time when you need to focus on profit. Overhead salaries seem to make up about 9.3% of a company's revenue, so in that case, We're not talking about the field labor salaries or hourly wages. We're talking specifically office admin, whatever that might be for overhead salaries, making up about 9.3%. And then the benefit of having at least two times fixed monthly cash reserves in your business. Just a few notes that I took uh, myself listening to this episode before I actually publish it, but I'm sure there'll be many others. And if you find any others, shoot me a message, uh, things that actually stand out to you or shoot cycle cpa message on instagram at cycle underscore cpa and definitely get that conversation started to get our finances in order coming into 2024 here uh, as i look out the window right now sun is out there's no snow on the ground really weird for this time of year and who knows we may be into a march early start here coming into this season which i have never in my time in business uh even Working at the supplier, don't remember a time where I actually started a season in March. Unprecedented, some would say, but definitely a time that we can kind of capitalize on that early start to make a little bit more income for our business coming into the season here. So, without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Joseph from Cycle CPA.
1: Hey everyone, Joe Policastro here with Cycle CPA. Looking forward to Diving into some some financial topics here and taking over the How to Hardscape podcast, um, and uh, you know, really as we're kind of starting off 2024, want to start by looking at 2023, right, and seeing okay, what are what are some things we could potentially learn from from what happened, and coming up with a plan, right, coming up with a plan this year to hit the profits that you want to hit, and you know, create a company that's really financially healthy, right, and one of the first things to to consider right and and there's a lot of distractions out there a lot of a lot of different things that that you can get involved with you can add on 100 different service lines you can um you know there's there's a lot of different um you know things that can ultimately take your attention away from what are the core issues or what are the bottlenecks right that 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 are actually preventing your company from being profitable or or being being financially healthy because oftentimes you know adding on another service line or trying to go into another market or you know other items like that you know typically you're still gonna to need to solve some of those bottlenecks right whether it's recruiting or um other aspects that are preventing you from from growing and 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 make sure that that as you're planning for the for the new year that you're you're allocating the proper resources and energy into solving those bottlenecks the other thing is Prioritize the main drivers of revenue and cost, right? And when you're looking at a service-based company, it's labor, right? That's that's ultimately what's going to drive revenue and profitability in the company. And it's also your largest cost. So, yes, you can dive into the weeds and, you know, you could try to lower your insurance costs. Or you can try to see, okay, what is the least possible amount I can spend on, on this given item? But at, at the end of the day, focus on the items right, that are, that are going to have the biggest impact on, on the company's financial health. And typically when, when you first started your company, right, almost think about it in those terms. And think about how every single dollar counted. Right? And, and you made sure that when you were setting up your company that you were doing it in a profitable way, right? that, that, that you were going to be getting a return on investment based on certain decisions you were going to make. Now, sometimes as a company grows, it, it can almost become easier to get get complacent, right? Or let inefficiencies exist because you're making a profit anyway, right? Because and, and it's important to stay close to the operations and, and 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 have an understanding of some of those items because you want to catch things before they do become an issue, right? Before it does become a cash flow bottleneck, or you know, before you see, you know, someone in the office or in the administrative side of the business, you know, not, not handling things as efficient as they should. Right. And so, so it's important to look at some of these things earlier on. Right. And, and, and ultimately, you know, even if you already are maybe past the seven figure mark and and as a, as a business owner, you know, as you're looking to make additional moves, make sure that you're ultimately going to get a financial reward for some of those moves, especially if you're continuing to grow the company, because a company that is, let's say two million in revenue, there there's certain risk and and there's certain um, you know and, and, and there's more energy that's just involved with with operating that business, so you want to make sure that you're making a profit of a two million dollar company, not the profit of a five hundred thousand dollar company. so you know and, and and what I challenge everyone out there is to you know shoot for a a, a healthy profit margin, at least 15 to 20 percent. Um, you know, and, you know, cause it's, it's definitely something you can, you can hit. And we have many clients that, that are hitting that within the landscape and hardscape space. Now, even just, just based on some of the data we have internally based on our, um, landscape install and, and hardscape install based companies, they grew by around 14% in, in 2023, right? And, um, you know, some of the, things to consider, right, when when you're growing is you're going to need to look deeper into the financials, right? And and even more consistently and more frequently because with growth there's more risk, right? Um you know, and some of the other risk items that you have to consider, right? Cuz cuz that's ultimately something that from a financial sp- perspective Almost like like you would have a CLO or someone in head of operations. Companies have have a CFO, right? And for small businesses, maybe like a fractional CFO, which is something we can help with, or you know, just more from the advisory perspective, right? And one of the biggest things as you're planning out for the future, right? As you're planning for for 2024, ultimately you want to manage risk, right? And one of the things is making sure. You have a good cash reserve, right? So typically we recommend having two times fixed monthly expenses. Um, and what that helps with is it 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 not only helps to manage risk, but it also allows you to stay in the offense, right? So you're you're operating this profitable company, so now if if an opportunity arises, you can you can move on it, right? Instead of being in the position where you know you're you're more in the defense, right, and, and you can't ultimately take advantage of some of those opportunities because you're more worried about just covering some of those upcoming debt payments. Another thing to focus on when it comes to risk is client concentration, right? So, do do any of your clients make up more than ten percent of your revenue, All right? So that's that's something to look into. Um, and if you're if you do more more project based work, where where you are working with with larger projects, understand that you know, yes, you may have some projects that make up more than 10% of your revenue, right? Cuz cuz it's it's not necessarily like a like a recurring business model like maybe some maintenance companies are. But there's a certain risk to that, right? So for instance, if you if you have a contract with the property to do some of the maintenance services, that revenue for the year might not be as much rather than doing a project that's maybe $100,000. So with that larger project is more risk. And that's where it makes even more sense to make sure you have job costing and you have some sort of feedback loop where, where you can see, okay, how did we execute on this project, right? And carrying those patterns and, 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 and using that data now for, for 2024 to, to, to really narrow down into, okay, what are, what are the specific jobs that we can do profitably this year? Um, also looking at credit risk, right? So are you extending credit to your clients, if so, increase the amount of, of, of the upfront payment percentage-wise. So maybe you only took a certain amount, maybe 30%, you know, and, and it never hurts to ask for more, right? Um, sometimes we see contractors, they kind of think that there's a certain number that their market will, will take. But ultimately, you know, you should, you know, not let those kind of decisions be based just off your theory or what you hear. It should be more based off of what your customers are saying. And are they giving pushback? Because if they're not, then there's area of opportunity there. And then also implement favorable progress payments when it comes to frequency, right? So maybe you only took two progress payments. Maybe, you know, push that to three or four, right, to to, to really help with your cash flow. Because it's one thing having a profitable company, but if you're not managing different items like this that impact your cash flow, it could be just as bad as, you know, ultimately not even pricing out a job for, for a profit. So definitely prioritize that. Also, liquidity risk, right? So will your business be able to, to convert some of its assets, like, like its accounts receivable, like some of the money that's owed to you and some of the cash, um, you know, in case there's a need for for those, uh, you know, funds to be used, right? And that's basically what, what liquidity is. It's the ability to basically keep up with some of those debt payments. Um, and uh you know this is also a big thing, right? And and some of you it's even most common with companies that that have a little bit of maintenance or recurring services. Um, make sure that you don't have any loss leaders, you know. This is this is a um, this is an industry where you know, it's very labor intensive. There's a lot of time and energy that goes into running a hardscape company, right? Um you know, and even if you run kind of like that landscape maintenance or long care aspect to it or any reoccurring aspect, right? You want to pay, pay special attention to any potential loss leaders, right? And, and making sure that each division within the company is profitable. Another way to look at risk, right, is, is making sure that you're diversified, and, and I think what a lot of people think of initially when you think about diversification is, oh, what's, what's on the service line we can add? But it's also within your business, right? So looking a little bit deeper. Now, when it comes to, for instance, marketing, right? So do we have multiple marketing platforms and strategies? And you may have the most success using a specific strategy, but ultimately you don't, you don't want to be overly reliant just on that one specific strategy. Because there might be a little tweak, maybe in the Facebook algor- algorithm, or maybe it's a it's at a certain job fair that happens every year, but they end up skipping it that that this year. So make sure that that you're diversified in things like like the recruiting, um, and 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 marketing or subcontractors. Maybe you work with a key subcontractor, and um, you know it's you know that's where ninety five percent of your work comes from. That's fantastic, but. If you plan on growing the company, I would plan and put effort into you know trying to work with other subcontractors in the area or build other relationships where work is flowing through in that way. also material suppliers, right is there is there some some sort of diversification you you can make with that right? and what what this really comes down to, and almost similarly to if you look at some of the employees within your company, you want to set up some redundancies, right? And 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 you want to make sure that if one aspect of your company gets slightly changed, that it's not going to basically take down um, that whole department or process. Um, you know, so it's always something you want to look into. And then learning from the past, and I know I touched on it briefly, right? So it's kind of looking at twenty twenty three, and looking at the numbers, and this is something that we cover. Um, you know, with our clients is we can even see down to like your net cash flow for each given month, almost in a trend format, but you could basically look at, okay, what, what months did we experience low cash levels, right? And, and strategize on different things you could do to basically counter that for, for the next year. Um, What are last year's one-off costs that you don't expect to incur in 2023, and and what are some of the trends of, of, of some of the major financial metrics, right? When when you're looking at things like your gross margin or your net margin, right? Um, you know, and, and and seeing okay, what is what is impacting those and what are some strategies we can take to 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 improve those for the next year. Also looking at, you know, is is there a specific service line, location, or department that is worth scaling, right, because it's operating well, versus others where it may not be as much worth it to kind of continue to, to scale, right? And, and again, using your numbers to basically guide, guide those decisions is something we would definitely recommend. Um, and when, when you're looking at making projections, you could take into account a couple of different things, right? You can look at some of the market factors, take, take into account your, your current growth rate, you can also build in some assumptions and some goals, right? But you want to be, it's, it's better to be conservative, and I think it's great for companies that are looking to continue to grow, even in an aggressive way. But ultimately, that needs to be backed with data and confidence that you can support that growth, right? So if you're looking to grow by 100% next year or, or, or 50%, it's just going to increase the speed to your bottlenecks, right? So do you have the recruiting system set up needed for that? Do you have the marketing? Do you, do you have the labor? Um, do you have the training process? Um, you know, so all things to consider. Because if you put yourself in a situation where you think you're going to hit a certain revenue number and you don't, you don't want to, you want to be careful in, in increasing some of your fixed costs as you make maybe that, that aggressive growth rate, because that's something we see sometimes, right? And ultimately, you want to make sure that, that over time, if there is revenue growth, that your expenses are not growing at a faster rate, right? And that's with your direct costs, right, like your materials and fuel, labor, but also your overhead as well. Your overhead expenses, all those back-end administrative expenses, those should not be increasing at a faster rate Than your revenue, and at certain points you may need to you know hire a key person in the office to 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 support some of the growth. But just understand again, you know, going back to risk, that just increases risk, right? And and that makes it even just more important that you do hit those revenue goals. Also, some things to consider when you're making some projections is, um, you know, looking at some of the historical data, right? And and that's ultimately what what you can what you can guide those projections based on. Um, and then also contracts or projects that are already in the pipeline, right? So using all, all this information to really think about, you know, what, what that sales projection is going to look like for, for next year. And if you have the ability and, and there's ways within QuickBooks or within the accounting software that, that you use to separate your, your divisions, right? And, and almost have a separate profit and loss statement, right? That shows your income and expenses for each division. And ways you can do this is you can have each division or employee have a, have a different credit card, right? So you kind of know, okay, these, these given expenses are for this division. You know, these are for this other division. Um, also, you know, a technique we use with some clients is the receipts will be labeled for whichever division it should be allocated toward, right? And, and there's a way even within QuickBooks to, um, you know, track, track those divisions by, by class, which is the function within QuickBooks. But, you know, every software should have that basic um, capability as well. And part of that is, again, kind of even going back to, uh, you know, what what department is worth scaling, right? And, and you know, within the green industry or even if you look at hardscape companies and you may have a certain division that, you know, you provide a different kind of service, there could be different business models even within the, the green industry as a whole. So it's important to... Um, you know, look at some of these divisions separately, right, um, especially as as the company increases in size. You know, we, we work with some companies that are um, below 500000 in revenue where, you know, it, it could get a little, uh, um, you know, counterproductive if you're trying to separate divisions in a situation like that um, just because there's a lot of employees doing a lot of different things. Um, you know, kind of divisions at once, and um, it could be a little m- more difficult to to separate. But as a company grows, um, you know, then it becomes it makes even more sense to make sure that you're looking at a profit and loss for for each division. Um, and then even when you run payroll, you know, making that that allocation to to each division as well. So so you really again, so you know, you have a clear picture of what that profit and loss is for for each. And then, you know, one of the biggest things when it comes to planning for next year is is thinking about your your staffing budget, right? And um a good technique is to understand, okay, what is what is the revenue per field labor employee that we should be hitting, right? Um typically, you know, within the install-based um, services and I know I think even the industry median based on our internal data this year was around 15% of, of revenue, right? So, you know, if you have $100,000 worth of revenue, 15000 of that could be allocated toward paying an employee, right? So un- understanding that, you know, if you pay an employee, let's say 45000 you have 300000 as a bucket, you know, roughly to, you know, be able to support that. And if you're going to hire people ahead of time, make sure that you have... The data to back that up, and when I say ahead of time, you know that means if you don't have all the revenue to, to to support that. And an example is, for instance, you know again going back to some of the data that that we have for overhead salaries. Um, so that's all of the administrative team members, all of the um, all of the management, uh, sales. Basically, anyone who's not actually physically touching the work in the field, that should be around. I think last year in in 2023 um, was around 9.3 percent of uh, of total revenue, right? So um, now you may be let's say a million dollar company, and you know your overhead salaries may be a little bit higher than 9.3 percent, but your goal this year may might be to hit 1.5 million, right? So and and the hope is that you know ultimately that that employee is going to be able to. You know, kind of fill up their capacity as they get to that, you know, $1.5 million mark. So, um, and, and then also, you know, putting a lot of emphasis into training and developing talent, right? Especially in a labor market where it may be hard to find candidates. You know, put an emphasis on things that you could control, right? Training is something you control. So maybe you can find people that have a little bit less technical um, skills, right? But double down on the training. Also, are you going to offer additional benefits? Um you know, make sure that you're building that into your budget. Um, are you going to be subcontracting less, or are you going to use more in-house employees? Um, be sure you're making and 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 also, when it comes to work that you're doing as a business owner, make sure that you're paying yourself a salary for that. And each entity structure has a different, um, you know, kind of, uh, from from a compliance perspective, a different way that you should be doing that. Um, so definitely consult with with your accountant. Um, you know, but. In general, you want to make sure that that you are paying yourself for, um, you know, whether you're taking out in draws or or whether you're paying yourself a salary, like for instance in an NS corporation, um, and then also matching your team members' roles um, with the appropriate tasks, right? So if you have a, you know, especially within the office, right? If you if you have an office management level person, making sure that they're not doing, you know, kind of basic data entry work, you know, because If they are doing mostly basic data entry work, then you maybe didn't need almost an office management level person. Maybe you just needed more of an administrative assistant, right? So, um, And and that goes along with a lot of other roles within the company. And as you scale the company, you might see specific team members being bogged down by more and more um, work that, you know, kind of that... um, you know, some of that data entry work, for instance, but that's why it's important to, to, to continually monitor the workflow and make sure that you're really getting the best use of, you know, someone's time there. Um, and, uh, you know, and and there's also such thing as being understaffed, right? So it's good to see overhead being low, right? But at the certain time, you don't want to add additional stress to your team, right? Because they're, you know, that may... Um, you know decrease employee retention, right? And and it may even be more of a barrier for you for your company to kind of continue to grow. So it is healthy to have, you know, a good amount of people on the team, right? And and I think uh, you know, especially when you mix that with the right technology and software as well. And also when it comes to staffing, you know, thinking about capacity planning as well. And one of the one of the biggest items, especially within this industry, right, when, when there's a lot of seasonality to it, you know, we see a lot of companies that try their best to retain team members during the slow season, which is great, right? But ultimately, you you need to keep in mind a couple of things, right? You, uh, basically, if you are going to do that, you, you're going to need to make sure to look at your financials on a yearly basis so that so those profits that you're making, right, in in the busy season, you, you need to make sure that that's enough to basically carry you over, right? Or you might, um, you know, you might think about adding a different service line, right? Now, one of the biggest things with, with capacity planning is also understanding that you can ultimately find ways to replace some of your fixed costs with more variable costs. And an example of this is you may have a team of, of 10 people right but you know that when you scale down for the winter you you can only retain seven people Um, so instead of having 10 10 full-time employees maybe you could have the seven full-time year round and then the the three subcontractors year round that are more flexible right where when you do enter the slow time you're not having to pay as much of a fixed cost so that's an example, right? And also things like having more of a flexible marketing spend. So it's great to have, you know, maybe an agency helping out or something like that. But ways that, that you can ultimately lower spend um, on on marketing in certain parts of the year, um, and then also looking at things like like renting equipment, right? Especially if you're not utilizing certain equipment to to its best ability so that you're not stuck with maybe some of those payments year-round. Having some administrative staff work work remotely, right? So th- thinking about different ways to really lower those, those fixed costs. Um, and, uh, you know, another thing when it comes to planning is looking at the pricing strategy, right? So um, it's, it's good to have an understanding of, of what, your, um, what the market pricing is, but you don't want to box yourself in. Right? And, and, and put yourself in a position where you're kind of putting that limit on yourself, right? Let, let the customers ultimately make that decision, right? Let let your close rate guide that decision, right? And, and what I always challenge companies to do is, you know, if you're in a position where you're almost trying to make it work at all costs with this potential customer to get that job because you're afraid that if you don't get the job, then you're not going to be able to support your team and make payroll, Try to instead of being in that mode, put yourself in the position where you're putting more of an investment into marketing and advertising and sales and trying to build relationships in the community where you could be in the position more more in the offense where you where, where you have more opportunities and thus you could be a little bit more picky and you know work with the jobs that are gonna ultimately pay you for what what you guys are worth there, right? And the value that you're putting out there. Especially in hardscape-based work, especially if you're doing beautiful work and outdoor living, um, you know, items within the, you know, within the backyard. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot of value and really, really utilize that, you know, within your selling process. Um, and make sure, you know, within your pricing, there are certain expenses that are more of just pass-through expenses, right? So, yes, you are buying this material, but in essence, the customer is paying for that. So make sure that the customer is paying for that and you're not the one that's paying for that. Um, you know, so um, – and then there may also be an opportunity where you can change your payment structures, um, you know, whether you implement different contracts or subscription-based model. And oftentimes you can even, um, you know, use that as an opportunity to maybe do an upsell, right, or, or build in a slight price increase. Um, and especially as we're talking about planning right now and budgeting for, for 2024, make sure that if you are going to have changes in the company – that you build in the expected inefficiencies and delays that come with ramping up any changes that are going to be happening in the company, right? If you if you'll implement something at the beginning of the month, un- understand that depending on what it is, you know, it's, it's going to take time, right? So, again, it's good to be optimistic, but in a certain way, you have to be realistic with, with certain aspects, especially when you're planning, um, you know, like the sales goals. for for instance Um, and then also making sure that that you're utilizing your team when it comes to planning right these are the people that are doing the work in the field these are the people that are experiencing some of the workflows within the office you want to build you want to make them part of the decision making which is ultimately going to make them buy in more to the processes that are being created within the company and you know these are just a couple things to to kind of consider as you're planning for for 2024. Um, And, uh, you know, I think one of the last things I'll kind of leave you guys with is, um, you know, I think that, you know, oftentimes, you know, you can kind of look at different moves within the company or just kind of look at where the company's been the past few years and think that, you know, okay, that's kind of how it's going to be moving to the future. But I think from from the perspective, especially as, as I speak with, you know, a lot of companies within the landscape and hardscape space throughout the year. Um, you know, there are companies that do very well, right? And and they are able to hit profits, right? So, um, you know, I think it also takes a change of mindset, and you could kind of get very granular into a lot of the numbers and a lot of the financials, which is something we we do with our clients. But you know, I think at at the end of the day, it takes takes action, it takes a good plan, and uh, you know. I hope that some of these tips help you, you know, moving into 2024 and, um, you know, and I wish you all a, a, a
0: profitable year. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. Reach out to Cycle CPA on Instagram at cycle underscore CPA. Let them know that you listened. Let them know that you enjoyed it if you did. And any notes that you have, uh, I would also appreciate any notes that you got from this episode and anything that you'd want to hear more from Cycle CPA in a future episode. Shoot them a message. Shoot me a message at How to Hardscape on Instagram. Them cycle underscore CPA on. On Instagram and once again if you're looking for that bookkeeping accounting CFO services cyclecpa.com let them know how to hardscape sent you for money off their services there and we look forward to meeting with you next week on the how to hardscape podcast